Our scripture reading tonight comes from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Brother Jose will bring the message to us entitled, True Conversion, a Living Faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, good evening. It's good to be here tonight, despite of the cold weather. And uh, actually, you guys should be very happy today um, because. Um, you were this close to listen to the entire message in Spanish. I got some offers outside in the, in the foyer, but uh, even money was coming down. I was like, hmm, that's tempting, but uh, they didn't make it enough, uh, good enough offer to, to do so. And the hassle was not going to be that, that good to explain the elders why I did it in Spanish. But, but anyways, one of the things that, um, that it was uh, interesting, if you've been in, in class Sunday mornings for the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, pretty much Anthony and Sam this morning, they uh, stole my thunder a little bit. And, uh, but the, the good thing is that we're all in tune. We, we have this uh, common message that, um, speaking about the faith and our role in the church and what we are trying to accomplish as a congregation is very important. And today, just um, going through the, um, the conclusion, per se, of this uh, three-sermon series about the faith that... Um, Brother Clay uh, just uh, gave us a good start uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was very interesting how the whole thing uh, came to life, this, this series. It was um, interesting to see that there are people out there, even though when you least expect them, people that they are truly looking for God, searching for God. And um, how everything began is uh, Clay and his... Uh, uh, workplace. He was in one of his projects, and uh, he was very late, and he was not going to make it to at home on Wednesday night for supper. And this guy overheard him about his conversation with his wife. And the good thing about it is that the conversation that they had it was about faith. What is is it just faith enough? Do I only need to be faithful or have faith? I'm sorry, just to be saved. And I quote from, uh, from Clay's uh, sermon at the very end. He said, Conversion of the mind, what faith is, uh, is more than faith. Conversion of the mind and the heart lead us to conversion of the soul, where we are buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a, as a new creation, free from the threat of death and free to walk hand in hand with our Lord, our Savior, our God. There is still a lot of people out there that they believe that if I just take God into my heart. If I just believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, I'm good. I'm done. There's nothing else for me. There is no, uh, nothing else that I need to do in order to uh, meet him someday in heaven. But one of the, not only with Clay's sermon, but Dave's uh, last week uh, connection with Clay's sermon, it was about based on the need of surrendering our lives in baptism for the forgiveness of our sins. That decision to act is uh, based upon the profound desire to change our lives and please God. So there is a term, faith is very, very important. It's the foundation uh, of, of our lives, of our spiritual walk with God. If we don't have faith, 
we're just wasting our time. There was, there was no, no point or, or cleaning ourselves that we're Christian. We truly um, are not believers that Jesus came, walked on this earth, died on the cross for, in our behalf, and he's interceding for us right now in the right hand of God. But knowing this, knowing this decision that we have faith, that that faith moved us, as Dave explained last, last week, to be baptized, to make that transition from not, that change of heart, change of mind, into a different state, what do we do now? We just sit down and do nothing and then just wait for the Lord to come one day and meet face to face with him and explain what we did, what we did, what we didn't do, the stuff we were supposed to do. But um, the sad thing is that there are a lot of people that still believe these things. Not only that they don't have to do anything else, that once they, are, they believe in Christ, they're done, but also there are those who think that they have to work and work and work to repay somehow God for that uh, immeasurable gift, the gift of mercy, the gift of salvation to all of us. And in all of us, we understand that that is, is, is not correct. The, Bi the Bible has uh, shown to us that that is not a, a correct uh, train of thought. And if we think about it, just, just looking at the, at the logic of the concept of just working to repay or just do nothing, we look at the nature of God, and actually Sam uh, touched a little bit about that this morning, about the nature of God. And the nature of God is, is, is he when he created everything, there was a purpose for that creation. It was not just because he was bored one day and was like, you know what, and just going to make this galaxy here and these planets here and a little bit of mud here, and, and Adam came to life. And that's it, I'm done. Uh, it was complete. It was perfect. There was a purpose for it. But people still think that we have to do things for God to repay. When the reality is, God doesn't need anything. When God was making, creating everything, he, on the third day, he was like, oh man, I ran out of wood. I need to go to Home Depot or just, I don't have enough money to finish it. No, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't. But in his desire, on his nature, when he made the entire creation, his sole purpose was for creation to give them the glory. That comes, that understanding comes through faith. When we believe that we need Christ, that we need God, in that faith will lead us into a conversion through baptism. But what I'm wanting to talk to tonight about is what after that conversion, after that point. And that's when the transformation of our life begin. And it's a transformation that is so profound that it, it, it never ends. It will end when we die or when the Lord uh, shows up. That's the only time that it will change. We're constantly changing. We're constantly transforming our way of thinking based on that faith that leads us to action. That was a good example when I was uh, talking to Matt um, last week about just going over our, our thoughts and what we wanted to, to accomplish for, for tonight's lesson, is that uh, the, our, our Creator, in Romans chapter 6, I would like to everybody to go to Romans chapter 6 for a little bit, because it's a very good example 
about how Paul is giving us an ex uh, is telling us to dig deep into the conversion of our mind on that process or that understanding we achieve when we that we achieve at the time of listening to the gospel. And the emphasis is going to be that there is a change. There is no turning back. There is no um, situational um, um, stuff that happens in our life that will make us decide, okay, I'm going to be this faithful today, and tomorrow, if it's, gonna, if it's an easygoing day, my faith is not as strong because I'm not facing any... Uh, anything that it will lead me to, to sin. So our faith is a constant progression to perfection. It will lead us to a constant progression to perfection, trying to be imitators of God. But in Romans chapter 6, in, in actually a lot of the Bibles, they, they have a little title on the top uh, of the chapter about dead to sin or alive in Christ and, and so forth. And the first, uh, from verses 1 through through seven, is telling us that we were a relationship with the death of Christ. First, it starts saying, okay, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in any, any longer? If we truly change, we cannot go back to sin. Verse four, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And that new life is what we want to emphasize tonight. That transformation. That the old man is not coming back. That the old man, that person who was buried in the same, in the same image, uh, imagery as Christ was buried and came back to life, we are a new person. We need to get rid of the old man and begin our new walk with Christ. But in Romans chapter 6, verses... Um, 8 through 11, it says, Now if we die with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the death, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but, he, but the life he lives, he lives to God. There is a purpose. Even after Christ's resurrection, there is a purpose on that resurrection. He's living to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. There are a couple of key words here about this new conversion, this new transition, this transformation of our, of our um, mind, soul, and in, in our lives, is that he's emphasizing here, and we read that on, on the scripture, scripture reading today about in Ephesians 2, that we are instruments. An instrument is, is used to accomplish a, a task. Um, Sam this morning brought this... Uh, um, example of a violinist, uh, if you can have a violin there, but if you don't play, it doesn't do anything. I can have uh, tools in my, my garage, but if I don't use them, I, I can't uh, fix or accomplish a, a, any job, any task. 
tools are very important. And there's a, a very good example about this transition that um, our faith works in the same way. We, be we believe the gospel changes our heart and mind in the same way, and the same faith drives us to change our spiritual state from sin to saved state through baptism. Baptism, not before, not by believing only, is, is a baptism when that transition becomes. The same faith motivates us to transform our lives in its ongoing process, and that ongoing process is the understanding that we are instruments to God. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses um, 9, verse 9, Paul makes a reference that we as followers of Christ, once we come to that understanding about the need of transformation, that constant change and, and, and renewing of, of our mind daily to, in order to please God, is, is making a, a very good point, a very specific point for us and how to live our lives. We see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, that when he said, oh, verse 8, I'm sorry, let's read from verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And it, this is not from, from yourself. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that, not, that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do so. In Ephesians and, and the, at this time, when Paul is writing this to the church in Ephesus and to us today as we read it, he's very specific. He's telling us that the gift that we have, this fellowship that we are, we are enjoying right now, the assurance of salvation that someday we are going to see our Creator face to face, is not because I work very hard. It's not because I'm in a corner with a sign telling people, repent or you will die, or John 3.16 and the um, stadiums and so forth. It's great advertisement, but it's not going to take me to heaven. I cannot do, I cannot think, I can't just have that in my mind that I have to work to repay God. On the contrary, our faith should lead us to do good works for God. It should be a natural byproduct of our relationship with God. Not that I feel obligated to do it. And, and God knows. I mean, in, in his wisdom and Paul in his uh, wisdom here, when he's telling us that the blessing that we have, that the gift that we have is just the gift of God, it's because he knows that we as humans, we, we trying to twist and change and mold things uh, to go according to what I think is proper, what I think is the right thing to do, or what suits my, my, my wants at the time. And that's why we have so many people out, uh, out there in the world thinking that I need to work, 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 work for God, and, and this is what I have to do, and, and, and it's mandatory that I'm, that I'm doing this. The fact that we're here tonight is not because it's mandatory, or because we see... Uh, um, people taking, uh, uh, checking if you're here or not. We're here because we desire to be here. Because we want to 
enjoy this fellowship because we want to learn from one another and encourage one another. But the key word that I like to, that I like to hear in these verses, and we're going to camp here a little bit, is when he says, nobody works so that no one can boast. But we are God's handiwork. We're his workmanship. And actually in other versions they, they mention that we are his workmanship. And I'm reading for the NIV, but I like uh, um, the New American Standard, and um, I believe the King James also mentions that workmanship. I like that word better, workmanship. And it tells us once again that since we are God's handiwork, we are his craft, uh, workmanship, we are created in Christ with the sole purpose of good works, to give him the glory. And those good works will give him the glory. But interestingly, uh, what I was doing the, the studies here, and I shared this with Matt, is that the, work, uh, the word works in verse 9 is translated from the, from the Greek uh, ergon, or it could be used as deed. Okay, that's, that's a, a work, is a deed. But workmanship, it, it comes from the Greek word uh, poema, and it comes from a simple uh, root word which describes doing, doing something. So the only other place that, uh, that this specific word is found is in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, where it describes the things that, uh, which, are, that we, things which are made, re making reference uh, to what God has done. Therefore, this passage is telling us that we are the result of God's doing. When I understand that, and actually that was very, very enlightening for me and my, my personal life, because even though we know that there is nothing that we can do to gain our salvation in our own accord, this word is telling me that I need to do something. That this faith that helped me to realize that without Christ I have no hope, that without God there is no salvation, that he motivated me to go into under the water and then become a new a new a new person. That that faith is the same one that should come out of me naturally as a byproduct of that relationship that I have with, with God. Think about this. In the same God that in the same way that God has made the universe and it exists as a result of his making. So also we exist as Christians who are created unto, go, unto good works as a direct, direct result of his making. Therefore, we need to come to the understanding that we are, first, his workmanship. When we think of workmanship of God, we normally think about the wonders. I mean, if we think about this, just the word, workmanship, um, it was... Uh, uh, to me, it was one of the, the a very, very uh, amazing uh, presentation when we were here uh, through uh, Dr. Novi Stone's um, uh, presentation about the, the universe and the creation and how perfect and amazing and in, in sync our entire universe is. That there is nothing uh, out of place. There is nothing that uh, no other planet can uh, host uh, life. And he gave us all the scientific explanations. He was very thorough about the entire galaxy and how our galaxy is set up and uh, our solar system is just in the right, perfect spot. Otherwise, we couldn't be here. 
perfection from one end to the other. That is God's workmanship. In Psalms chapter 139, verse 14, David was praising God on how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. How each strand of our DNA contains more information that is more than the most complex computers in the, in, in the world. But information that is, that, that is in there. These are indeed wonderful. These are amazing things that we can see. But what is more wonderful still is that God is making the very character of Christ in us when we decide to change our lives and we decide to transform our lives and serve Him willingly. When we look at God's creations, His workmanship is evident, masterful, amazing, but most importantly, with a purpose. And that transformation process that I want to emphasize is because we are chosen for a great task. We are here with a purpose. In, um, at Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Paul talks about what we are and why we are here. We are, we are God's creation and we are here for good works. Our identity is seen in the phrase, his workmanship. Our purpose is seen in the phrase, for good works. But that's not all. God has not only prepared us for good works, for he has made us his workmanship. He has also prepared good works for us. God has nothing to, to brag about. God, has, uh, uh, God had nobody to compare to or be compared to. God is God. So let us talk, uh, look at, at John 15. Actually, I just uh, want to go briefly on, um, on John chapter 15. And we know the... Uh, the parable of the, um, of the vine and the branches. When we look at this, uh, at this powerful teaching that Jesus is presenting, it's, uh, it's teaching that our transformation includes dependency from the source. The whole the story goes about that we are the branches and he is the vine. We are attached to him. We, we receive our nourishment from him. But, Every branch is expected to produce what? To produce fruit. It's a, it's, a, it's a natural reaction of that branch. If that branch is not a twig in the ground, that branch is going to produce fruit. For us, the branches are a natural part of the vine. The branch produces grapes. But it's not for the vine's consumption. And that is one thing that is, uh, when, I, when I was looking at this, the purpose of the branch is not to produce fruit, to feed back the, the vine. The vine is not going to grow teeth and grabbing grapes and start eating and getting nourishment out of it. It's not for the vine. The fruit is for the world to receive the product of this branch. And the most, most importantly is that the vine is the one who gets the glory. When we go to a, to a store and we get the, and my favorite is the apple crisp, and I get the big old apple crisp, uh, honey crisp, and then just bite into that thing, and it's so juicy and so good, and I go, man, that branch was so awesome to produce this. No. The first thing that comes to my mind and that I share with my daughters, and Mia, she has been bugging me, let's plant an apple tree, let's plant an apple tree, let's get the seeds and 
plant an apple tree. We want the tree. We don't want a branch. Because the branch by itself cannot produce the apple. In the same way, they said, comparing our lives to that passage is we are the branches. We are attached to the vine, to the source that gives us, that feeds us, that, that helps us to grow constantly for good works. And those good works are the fruit that we can produce, ultimately to give the source the glory. We simply just can't pay back God, nor work our way to salvation, but we can produce fruit-based in the transformation of our mind, souls, and desire to produce fruit according to our call. As I mentioned before, salvation is not a result of our own works, but the life that we live is not our own. It's a living manifestation of our faith. Anthony, a couple weeks ago, he said during his, um, actually last week during his uh, uh, Sunday morning class, that in Ephesians 4, that our beliefs drive our actions, not our knowledge. And that was a very powerful statement, because if I believe in something, it will lead me to work upon that, to that, that belief. If I don't believe that what I'm doing is worth uh, my time, am I going to put my effort to it? Am I going to put all my energy on it? Absolutely not. And that is one of the things that uh, in any sales book, anything that uh, when people think about sales, the first thing that they, that, well, the first rule that they can tell you is you got to believe in your product. If you want to present that product out to the world for people to buy it, you have to believe it. You have to use it. You have to uh, go and, and tell people, this is the best product. This is the best pen that you will ever see. And you know why? Because it's made out of, uh, I don't know, titanium, and, and, and you can make up whatever you want. But if we say with conviction, we truly believe this, people will go and say, I want that pen. I want that. Same thing with us in our, in our faith, in our relationship with Christ. We have to be attached to the vine. We have to have the nourishment. We have to believe that this relationship that we have with Him is, is, is the right thing. That this relationship that we have with Him, that that faith that we have in the gospel is enough to drive my life, to drive everything that I do. Once again, what is expected from an apple tree? Apples. As simple as that. And today, uh, just going back again, just from the last couple of sermons on, on Sunday nights, our faith has helped us to realize that we need to change our heart, that we need to change our soul, that the life that I'm living, or that I was living before Christ, is not what... God intended for us. God created us for us to give him the glory. God did not create mankind to save us. But once we decide, once we understand that and surrender our life to him through baptism, we need to transform our lives. We need to become or be, uh, make God proud of his workmanship. 
which we are. Titus chapter 3, because this living faith that we have, this transformation, it is, is, is a work in progress. It never ends. Every tree, every vine that, that we see, any, every year when they produce grapes, they trim them, they help them, they, they, they remove the soil a little, they move the soil a little bit so oxygen can get in and, and be ready for next year. It's constantly a process if they want to have a healthy vine uh, bush. Titus 3 says, remind, verse 1, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility towards all men. At one time we, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being ha uh, hating, hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, that I want you to stress this thing so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. When we want to do something in any aspect of our, of our daily life, we want to do something that it produces good result. I'm not just going to grab a hammer and then just bit my, my finger just, just because, just to see what happens. I know the result. I know it's going to hurt. I'm not going to do it because it's not profitable. I'm going to end up with a sore thumb or a broken thumb. Everything that we do in, in our daily lives is just because we want to accomplish something good. When we get up in the morning and go to work, it's because we want to accomplish something good. I want to, but my accomplishment is just to be able to support my family. It's so a very simple, very simple. And this, this um, exhortation that we have is that for all of us who have trusted in God, may be careful to devote or devote ourselves in doing what is good. We are his workmanship. God was proud. God he is proud of who we are. He sent his son to die on the cross for us because he truly wants to have a relationship with us. And we have that faith that drives us to do good works, to do great things. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, those who cleanse themselves from the later will be instruments for a special purpose, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Once again, the, the state that we are right now is a, is, is a, is a living state. It's a, it's a state of, of our mind and soul that has come through the understanding that 
someday we will be with our Creator. Jesus will come, and Second uh, Corinthians five ten says all of us will be in front of the uh, of Jesus, and we will be judged for what we did in life, either good or bad. But God did not create us once again to just for us to be saved. He created us with the sole purpose to give Him the glory. We need to be saved because of sin. The living faith is part of the transformation process, a process that never ends. That's why it's so important that we, God in his wisdom asks us to meet uh, the first day of the week and to remember the sacrifice that, he, that his son made in the cross for us because we need this encouragement. We need this support from one another. We need to keep growing constantly. And that is the glory of the gospel. That is the beauty of the gospel that convinces our heart, convinces our mind. It develops that faith in our lives. In, a, in, like an, in Acts chapter 2, part of the result of that faith, of that understanding, of that belief, is that will cut our heart and when we realize our wrongdoings. Motivate us to surrender our lives to Christ. And that's when conversion occurs when we decide to be baptized. The transformation doesn't occur before or after. It's the conversion begins a baptism and the transformation right after, when it never ends. Remember, we are here because we were from sin, a state of sin, and now we are in a saved state. Living in faith and by faith, as instruments for good works, so the name of God is glorified. That's what we are here for. That's what faith does in our lives. Changes, transform us with the purpose of good works. Because we are his handiwork. Because we are his workmanship. Because we are his. So as a natural byproduct, I should develop, I should bring fruit. I should work, I should look more into um, what can I do to further God's kingdom here on earth. It's not, it should be natural. It should be natural. And the invitation that I have for everybody tonight is, uh, is that I hope that uh, the faith that all of us we have is, is strong enough that it will make us understand and revise ourselves uh, for us who are Christian about a relationship with God, about what are we doing to engage ourselves more to help the congregation to grow, to help other people to get to know Christ. But for those who are not part of, um, of God's uh, um, family, those who are not being baptized yet, uh, not surrendered their lives to God, this is a good opportunity. I hope that that faith and that belief that you have tonight will help you to make the decision to jump from a state of sin into a state of salvation. And we will be here to help you in the transformation process as the family that we are. Let's just stand and sing.